Well, good morning. So we are in this series called 50 Days of Love. And really, we've learned over the past few weeks how big of a deal love is in the Bible and how big of a deal love is for Jesus. Because Jesus even said that if you were to take all the commandments in the Bible and you were to sum them up, he said it would be this. It would be simply love God. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. With everything you got, love God. And then if there were to be a second one, he said, then it would be love others. Love your neighbors as yourself. And so the past few weeks, we've learned about how love is kind. We've learned about how love is respectful. We're, next week, we're going to learn about how love speaks truth. Bring your friends, all right? Patience, humility. And then this morning, we're going to get into one that I think is going to be a little hard for some of us, and it's love is forgiving, and I got to say that at the surface level, I think to myself, okay, that's easy, right? Forgiveness, sure, I can do that, no problem. But whenever I think about it, I got to admit to you guys that, that I can think back to a past event uh, that has happened months ago, years ago, decades ago even. And yes, I am just barely old enough to have decades ago. And, and I got to tell you that I get, I get a little worked up. Some emotions are stirred. And, and I find that, that, that I really haven't worked through some of these things. I really haven't forgiven this person. I got to admit, I, I, I've done that. See, 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no records of wrongs. It's no records of wrongs. It forgives. How many times have you been in an argument with someone you love? whether it's a spouse or whether it's a family member or a friend, and, and, and you, you've known each other for a while. And, and whenever you, you really want to make a point and you really want it to hurt the person, what you do is you reach back in the past, something that had happened either months ago or years or decades ago, and you can grab that moment from the past and, and just rub it in their face. And to say, yeah, well, remember that time you did that? It's almost like you're reaching for grenades to launch at them in your argument. But is that love? Love keeps no records of wrongs. It forgives. So just like the word love is used a lot in our culture today, and as a result, has a lot of different meanings to a lot of people, and is widely misunderstood even what true love is, so is, is the same true with forgiveness, that we use this term. This is a term that is actually used in culture, but it's misused and it's misunderstood. And so before we get into what forgiveness is, we first got to look at what forgiveness is not. So the first thing that forgiveness is not, it is not conditional. It's not conditional. Uh, see, forgiveness is not something that is deserved. It's not something that's earned. And here, here's the trick. It doesn't even matter if the person wants it or not. You still have to be willing to forgive that person. You, you can't say, hey, I'll forgive you if, and then put a condition around it. No. No conditional clauses here. The word if is not forgiveness. After all, remember Jesus on the cross. I mean, it's Jesus. He's perfect. He's innocent. And he's on the cross. And as nails are going through him, to hold him up on the cross. He, he says seven things. 
because it would be so difficult to even breathe or to speak. But one of the things he says, out of everything he could say, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And who's he talking about? He's talking about the people there who are driving the nails through him, who are mocking him. And are they sorry? Are they repentant? No. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is something we work through without condition. Secondly, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. It's not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. I got to tell you, I, I, I struggle with this because um, whenever I apologize, and, and sometimes apologizing is hard, right? I mean, after all, think about what you have to do in order to apologize to someone. You have to first admit the way you did was wrong to yourself, and then you have to go to that person, and then you have to, in humility, explain what you did and how it was wrong, and then, and then ask for forgiveness. And, and I hate it whenever I do that, and then the other person just simply blows me off. Has this ever happened to you? Where they say, rather than saying, hey, I accept your apology, I forgive you. Instead, what they do is they just, they minimize it. They blow it off. They say, oh, you know, it's okay. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And here I am, I'm coming to you. I'm saying, no, what I did was a big deal. And then for you to come back at me and say, it's not a big deal, excuse you? I mean, come on, right? But this is what we do. Because it's so easy just to not deal with the situation and not deal with the reality and not forgive than to actually say the words, I forgive you. And so true forgiveness is not minimizing, but rather it's realizing what it is, and still forgiving. Number three, it is not resuming a relationship without changes. So some of us are afraid to forgive someone because they think that if you were to forgive someone, then that means you have to reconcile that relationship. And while that may be good, and while that may be even necessary in some cases, we're going to talk about it later, it actually may not be good or even necessary, may not even be possible. But um, for sure, what we find here is that forgiveness is just different than rebuilding and reconciling a relationship. Forgiveness, rebuilding relationship, two different things. And they're just not the same thing. So forgiveness is an instant thing. It's a one time, it's an instant thing where you say, you say, you know what? I forgive you. You release that. All right. You forgive that person. That's what it, it, it happens. It's instant. And then it's over. Okay. But rebuilding and reconciling a relationship, why that can take a length of time. It could take months. It could take years even to, to really restore a relationship. And so, so they're just not the same thing. Um, forgiveness is something quick. It's something instant. But rebuilding a relationship requires two things. It requires time and demonstrating that love to that person and working through things, and then the end result is trust. So it requires time, it requires trust. And that's just different than forgiveness. Number four, forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. You know, I, I, I grew up hearing the phrase, hey, let's forgive and forget. And I gotta say that on the outside, it sounds nice. Hey, let's just forget about it. Let's just... 
let's just move on. Let's just pretend like it never happened. It sounds nice. But number one, it's just not possible. I mean, there are just some things that are just going to be in your memory and they're just going to be in your memory, okay? So number one, you may not even be able to control that. But, but secondly and more importantly, uh, what we find here is, is that for, true forgiveness is not, it's, it's kind of like minimizing the problem. It's, it's not pretending like it never happened. Instead, what true forgiveness is, is recognizing what happened and calling it out what it is. Hey, you hurt me. Hey, you wounded me. Hey, this happened. Call it out what it is. But then to actually be able to work through that and actually be able to forgive that, that's true forgiveness. I remember what you did, and even so, I will still forgive you. And after all, here's the other thing, is that God has a purpose for everything in our lives. Now, it may not be his will, it may not be his desire for everything that happens. Uh, He may not want someone to abuse you or to wound you or hurt you. That may not be his will, but... Well, we, one of the things we find in the Bible is that God is so good that he promises to work everything. And what is everything? Just the good things? No. He promises to work everything for the good of those who love him. So in other words, he can take your darkest moment and he can shine light through it for his glory. And so if God has purpose for something, then let's not, let's not forget it. Let's remember it. Maybe it's part of your story. Maybe it's part of your testimony. Maybe you've learned something through that time. And so rather than just trying to get it out of our mind, true forgiveness is recognizing what happened and still be willing to forgive the person. Finally, forgiveness is not my right whenever I'm not the one who's hurt. So in other words, if you weren't the person who was offended or wounded or hurt, Um, you know, while it may sound nice to go out of your way to forgive that person, but ultimately if you're not the offended party, then really it's just not your right to forgive that person. It's, it's only the right of the person who was offended to forgive that person. Okay. So let's get into a few things that forgiveness actually is. You might be saying, okay, well, geez, Mike, you know, what are we left with? Well, we're left with a few things. First of all, we find that forgiveness is relinquishing my right to get even relinquishing my right to get even. I love this word relinquish, means to let go. And, and really that's what the Greek word for forgiveness is. It's a fie me, it means to let go. And, and, and maybe you're holding on to something and to relinquish, to let it go. But what you're, tangibly what you're relinquishing is, is the right to revenge, the right to get even with the person. Romans 12, 9 says, 12, 19, sorry, says, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. So you may be saying to yourself, yeah, but if, if I relinquish my right to get even, well, hey, that's just not fair. And that's exactly right. I mean, after all, imagine Jesus on the cross. Was it fair that Jesus ended up on the cross? No, it wasn't fair. He was innocent. He didn't deserve to be up there. It wasn't fair, but he did it because he loved us. And he did it because then we too could experience forgiveness. After all, I had a wrestling coach who whenever we would complain about running or doing drills, we'd say, but coach, that's unfair. 
he'd say, he was a Christian, he'd say, yeah, well, if life was fair, we'd all be going to hell. And that shut us up. We said, hey, you know, are we trying to have a theological discussion here in the middle of, of running laps? No, you just, okay, fine, we'll go run laps. But he's right. If, if life was fair, then, then Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. You see, it's not just about fair. It's not just about getting even. Uh, that's revenge. And, and one of the things that, that God says in the Bible, he says that vengeance is mine. Vengeance is whose? It's, it's, it's for us? No. Vengeance is mine. See, we can seek justice, but we can't seek vengeance. And there is a difference. Vengeance is going after blood. It's, it's, it's to get even. It's to humiliate someone. It's to, it's to destroy that person. And by the way, I got to tell you, especially with social media, uh, and it's amazing how quickly something can go viral and how all of a sudden you'll have an audience of millions of people. But it's amazing at how, how we use that tool, how we use that vehicle to shame people and to destroy people um, just to get even. I mean, haven't we seen that time and time again? But the good news is this, is that it's not for us to settle the score. It's not for us to get even and try to play God. Because actually, one of the things that we find in the book of Revelation is that Jesus is going to come back. And whenever he does, he's going to sit on the throne of judgment. And so he's going to judge. So you're not the judge, but he's the judge. And he is going to judge. And so he's going to settle the score. And, and for some, there's literally hell to pay. Literally. I mean, I don't say that lightly. So God is going to settle the score. He's going to make everything even. It's not our job to do that. And here's the thing, that if we don't let go of that, and we don't give that to God for God to do, then we're going to get stuck in this trap of bitterness and resentment. And you talk about two of the most worthless emotions, bitterness and resentment. Oh, man. It's, It's like cancer. It's going to eat you alive. And here's the thing, no matter how much you resent it, you cannot change the past. So you got to be able to move on. You got to be able to let go. Honestly, for you, for your sake, you got to be willing to move on and let go. And here's the other thing, whenever you continue to hold on to resentment, you're actually continuing to allow that person to hurt you in the present. Even though it may have been something 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you're still allowing that person to hurt you even today. They, they might even be dead at this point. And you're still allowing them to hurt you, just the insanity. Hebrews 12 says this, Be careful that none of you fails to respond to the grace which God gives. For if he does, there can very easily spring up in him a bitter spirit, which is not only bad in itself, but it can also poison the lives of many others. So first, we've got to let go. The second thing we've got to do is we've got to respond to evil with good. Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount in Luke 6, he says this, Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. So here's the thing with forgiveness. Forgiveness is action. It's, it's not just an idea. It's not just a thought. It's action. Look at this. What are we supposed to do? to those who pursue evil against us. We're to do these three things. So I want you to circle these three verbs here. To do good. 
bless, pray for. That's part of forgiveness. You return good for evil. So here's the question. How do you know that you've really forgiven somebody? How do you know that you've truly done that? It's whenever you pray for them and you pray that God blesses them. Even whenever you do that, you begin to understand their hurt. You get to kind of see it from their perspective. You've heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people. And that's absolutely true. And if you want to stop that cycle, then you forgive that person. See, once you see their hurt, you can begin to empathize with them. And now you may be saying to yourself, well, Mike, this sounds great and all, but you just don't understand the kind of hurt that I've experienced in my life. And, and I got to say that you're absolutely right. I, I don't. And I'm sorry for every hurt that there is in this room. We're all wounded. We are. But I do know this, that you're never going to get on with your life unless you let it go. Unless you forgive and not forget, but forgive and relinquish your right to get even and then to respond evil with good. And how can I do that? You may be saying, well, that's just, it sounds impossible. And you know what? To an extent it is. It is impossible. We can't do this on our own, but rather it is possible with God's help. It is possible if we invite God into our lives and we ask him to fill us with his love. And then with his love, we can then take that and pour that out onto others. After all, we're not keeping records here. That's unloving. Love keeps no records of wrong. So the third thing here is probably one of the hardest. So we've already talked about how we must relinquish our right to get even, respond to evil with good. And thirdly here, we must repeat this process as long as necessary. Repeat, repeat, repeat. See, forgiveness is rarely or never a one-time shot. Rather, it's something over and over again. And maybe this is something, an internal battle, where we have to continue to pray for the person. We have to continue to relinquish our right to get even. And we continue to let go. And so we have to continue to do this over and over again. Even if the offending party comes back and offends us again, what are we to do? We're to forgive again. We're to forgive. Peter, he asked Jesus, which was in our reading, he asked Jesus, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Hmm. And what he's wanting here, he's actually wanting to impress Jesus a little bit. Because there was a school of Jewish rabbis that taught back then that you must forgive someone three times. So what he's doing, Peter is actually doubling what was kind of said to be the conventional wisdom of the day. And then he's adding one for good measure. So he's thinking that Jesus is going to think to himself, wow, seven times. Look at you, Peter. Look at you. And instead what Jesus says, Jesus says, no, not seven. Wrong. He says, it's 70 times seven. And now Peter's thinking to himself, great, not only do I have to forgive, but now I have to do math? (laughs) No. What Jesus is implying here in the way that the numbering system was back then was that it it meant infinity, to infinity and beyond. It was this infinite number of times. Um, uh, After the first service, I had someone come up to me and she said, you know, 70 times 7 is only 490. (laughs) And I said, okay, first of all, like you knew that off the top of your head, you probably had to use your iPhone. 
And then I said, secondly, the point that Jesus is making here is that it's infinite. And to the point where the whole thing today is about love does not keep record of wrong. So if you're really going to, you know, keep record of, hey, I've forgiven this person 489 times, only one time left, then you're doing it wrong, okay? What Jesus is talking about here is this infinite number of times. We must be willing to repeat, repeat, repeat. So if this person's still in your life, if, if you see them on a regular basis, they live with you, all right, um, it, it may be worth having a conversation. It may be worth going to that person and, and talking. But you know what? There are some times where it may not be appropriate or healthy to go back to the person who has wronged you. Um, maybe, if, maybe it's an ex-spouse and they've already gotten remarried. And it would just be unhealthy to, to strike that relationship up again. Um, maybe they've moved and you just have no earthly idea. Uh, maybe they've died and, and it's literally impossible then to be able to talk to this person. And, and so if you're thinking, well, how do I really move on without being able to talk to this person? There's a couple of things you can do. Uh, in psychology, they talk about the empty chair. Uh, and that's a good technique. Uh, what you do is you just simply uh, sit down and put a chair in front of you and just pretend like the person's there. Lay out the hurt and then talk through things and forgive them. Uh, very healthy emotionally to do that. You can also write a letter, spell out the hurt, spell out the forgiveness, and then never send it. So these are things that you can do that are um, tangible that you can actually work through. And to where you're no longer holding on to this resentment or this grudge, this pain. Because you're not allowing them to control you anymore. You're saying, I'm letting you go. Now, I've got to say that these steps are not easy. But with God's power, you can do it. And really, the motivation for us to forgive is actually to be reminded of what Jesus did for us on the cross. You see, if you think back... In our own lives, there are times where we've disobeyed God. There are times that we have um, just absolutely gone out of our way to break his commandments and reject him in our lives. And yet, what, is, what does God do? God forgives us. Infinite number of times, God forgives us. And so if we recognize that, hey, we've been forgiven, and we recognize that, that, hey, even though that we didn't deserve this, but God gave us this free gift, then we must be willing to pass that free gift of forgiveness on to other people. In fact, one of the things that we find in the Lord's Prayer is we find this phrase, forgive us our debts as we forgive others' debts, as we forgive those who have debt against us. And and that, that word as is so important because what, what it's saying is, Jesus is literally saying in the Lord's Prayer here, is that we are going to receive forgiveness as much as we forgive other people. So if you don't forgive anyone, then is God going to forgive you? Not according to the Lord's Prayer. And in Matthew 18, there's even a whole parable about this that we read earlier about how this guy owed 10,000 talents. So 10,000 was the highest number in the uh, Roman numerical system. 
I don't know, I guess they didn't want to go to 10,001, okay? But they stopped at 10,000, and a talent was the highest form of currency. It was basically just a big brick of metal, and, and it was so valuable. So this guy somehow got in debt 10,000 talents. So it was the highest form of currency, the highest number in the Greek numerical system. I don't know what he did to get in that kind of debt, you know, what kind of consumer debt with his swiping his credit card everywhere. But somehow he got into that kind of debt. Um, and by today's standards, let's just say it's like trillions of dollars. Just, and then he even comes to his master and says, I'll repay it. Yeah, right. <laughs> How is he ever going to repay these trillions of dollars? And yet the master forgives him. Just like that, snaps his fingers and says, your debt is erased. Could you imagine owing someone trillions of dollars? And back then, it wasn't just you had to file bankruptcy. Back then, you got put in jail, and you're tortured. Literally, the word jailers meant torturers. And so this guy's about to go with all of his family to go to jail. And the guy forgives him. Now he doesn't have to go to jail. And now he, 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 he's, this burden, this weight is lifted off of him. And then here comes another guy, and he owes the first guy 300 denarii, which is about a year's salary, not an insignificant number. You know, by today's standards, let's say it's, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, not an insignificant number, but it's far less than the 10,000 talents, right? And here this guy is, he just got forgiven of 10,000 talents, turns around and cannot forgive the guy of the small, small debt. And what does the master do? The master actually throws the first guy into jail where he's tortured. And, and so there's our motivation right there is that we have been forgiven. And, and by the way, you can never forgive someone more than God has already forgiven you. So we have this huge weight lifted off of us, this huge debt forgiven. And then for us to turn around and then not be able to forgive someone for hurting us, you got to be kidding me, right? And, and that's the thing is that God has forgiven us, and so we too get to turn around and forgive others. Colossians 3.13, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. There was a, a tragic event that happened in June of 2015 in Charleston, South Carolina. Many of you remember this event. It was heavily publicized on the news where this guy went into a church and attended a Bible study. And he sat there and talked with all nine people, looked them in their eyes, read God's word, heard their stories. And then afterwards, he pulled out a gun and murdered all nine of them. And, and then he was arrested, and um, they actually had a court hearing very soon after that. Like, it was very fresh. It wasn't one of those deals where it drags on for three years kind of thing. It was pretty much right after. And um, the families who are Christians um, actually got to see the person who had just murdered their families. Now, he wasn't in the courtroom. Instead, they had a video monitor because he was in jail somewhere. Um, but they actually got to look at him and talk to him. And in our culture that just desires vengeance and desires revenge, um, most people would, if they got a chance to say to the person who murdered their family, would say some very ugly, ugly things. And yet, what did these people say. So let's take a look at this video. 
I forgive you. You took something very precious away from me. I would never talk to her ever again. I would never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you. You know, I forgive you and my family forgive you. But we would like you to take this opportunity to repent. Repent. Confess. Give your life to the one who matters the most, Christ. We welcome you Wednesday night in our Bible study with open arms. You have killed some of the most beautiful people that I know. Every fiber in my body hurts, but as we say in a Bible study, we enjoyed you, but may God have mercy on you. It's amazing how they were able to respond to evil with good, and as well to respond to someone who had just murdered their family, and to, to already be willing to say, I forgive you. To, to recognize the hurt, to say, you know what? No matter what happens from here on out, they're not coming back to life. I'll never see them again, but I forgive you. And I gotta say that um, I was just so proud to be a Christian at that moment, whenever the first time I saw this video, just because it, it's such a testimony to the world who is so caught up in revenge and getting even, and for Christians to respond the way that Jesus called us to respond, even in the most dark and difficult situation like that. What a testimony to our world. And so we forgive others because God first forgave us. And so with that, let us remember that. Let us walk out of here being willing to forgive others. And all God's people said... Amen. And let us pray. And as we say this prayer, we're going to do it a little differently this morning. I'm going to use the word I a bunch. But I, I want you to also say this prayer. And I want you also to use the word I in your head silently as I say this. So say this with me in your, in your head. Dear God, you know how I've carried unforgiveness in my heart. I've held on to hurts and memories, and I have secretly wanted to get even. But today I want to let it go. I want to get on with your plan for my life. So in spite of how I feel, I want to do the right thing. Today, right now, this weekend, I forgive. And then I'll let you fill in the blank. I forgive. I relinquish my right to get even. And you name that person. I let go of my right to get even. I pray that you work in their life and I commit to continuing to forgive them until I no longer feel the desire to seek revenge. Jesus Christ, please replace my hurt with your peace and fill my life with your love. In your name I pray, amen.